0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? The question going around as the Dolphins and their legal tampering period comes to a close on Wednesday is where exactly is the Dolphins' salary cap situation now? That is our discussion point here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. It is Tuesday night, Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. And tomorrow, the legal tampering period ends and free agency will officially begin. And all of these reported signings will be finalized. And that is kind of where we're going to have our discussion point today. So I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first, or in this case, your second, Episode of Locked On Dolphins, your first listen of the day, because today is episode number two for Tuesday. And we're going to time this thing out. We are going to wait to drop tomorrow's Wednesday recording uh, until after the free agency window officially opens to report any additional news that we get along the way. If you are new to Locked On Dolphins, welcome to the show. Make sure you hit subscribe, whether you're listening on your favorite pod, uh, podcast platform or if you are watching on the YouTube channel. If you're on YouTube, Make sure you like the video, hit subscribe, click the bell, get the notifications when we go live. The whole the whole gambit that you have at your disposal because we have a lot of great content coming your way. I'm Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, lifelong NFL draft Nick, and your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Also special news for Wednesday. The first episode of Locked on NFL Scouting with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino drops as well. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that. A little bit of a different spin on NFL team building as well. But our discussion points here, Miami Dolphins. And the question that I have got the most, unequivocally, has been, Kyle, what's the deal with the salary cap? Where are we at right now? A lot of different reportings. A lot of different numbers, and the reason being because all of these deals are reported, but some of them are not finalized, and trades can't be finalized. And, and so you see numbers, and you know how each individual move in a vacuum changes the imprint. But the question was, what's the actual sum and number? And that's our objective here today on Locked on Dolphin. So I think the first thing you have to do is you have to acknowledge what acquisitions have been reported to this point. So the Dolphins, six acquisitions of note. They have agreed to terms on a trade for cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Uh, He had a reworked contract for three years, $55 million. $35 million of that is fully guaranteed money as things currently stand. Uh, The first reported free agent signing, was Mike White, the quarterback of the New York Jets, on a two-year, eight million dollar contract that was reported as of, of a max value of up to $16 million. So this is where the, when the question is: hey, what the heck's going on with the salary cap? That's why everybody asks. Because Mike White's deal is announced two years, $8 million. You start or two years, $16 million, and you start doing the math and $8 million per. And holy cow, that's a lot of money. But the the bare bones of that contract, two years, eight million. And then some escalators for performance and wins and playing time and so on and so forth. Uh, David Long, uh, linebacker from the Tennessee Titans, two years, eleven million five and a half per week. Did a whole podcast dedicated to David Long because when that news broke on Monday night, I dove into the tape. A couple of running backs, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Mostert, we've seen some different numbers as far as the formal dollars on that amount, but. Uh, Two-year, $5.6 million appears to be uh, the the number that everybody is running with. And then Jeff Wilson with a two-year, $8.2 million max value of his free agent contract. And then linebacker Duke Riley with a two-year, $5 million contract as well. So those are the big six moves. Obviously, you had the team and they uh, exercised a restricted free agent tender on Elijah Campbell. For $1.01 million, they brought back Savan Ahmed on a $1.4 million salary cap hit as well at the running back position. So all of a sudden, this running back room that had just Alec Ingold in it, uh, they've brought back Mostert, Wilson, and Ahmed uh, from that running back room from 2023. So a lot of bounce back. Uh, I think there's probably still room to add one player to that group, Uh, hopefully somebody with a little bit of a ceiling. I don't know if they're going to add a player to that group that is going to surpass those guys to be the starters. Maybe they will. Um, but I would be surprised if they made a splash based on the volume of guys that they brought back from last year's running back room. Uh, obviously Jalen Ramsey, uh, is the hallmark player. He's the main event, the grand poobah of the dolphins offseason. I highly doubt they will have a splash that equals the acquisition of Jalen Ramsey. Um, But here's what you need to know about Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's contract was reworked pretty significantly. He was owed about $17.5 million in 2023, $18.5 million in 2024, and then $19 million in 2025. That deal has been reworked entirely. And what that does for the Dolphins is it gives you a pretty significant change for what his outlook looks like and of course what the salary cap implications are for the Miami Dolphins his original cap schedule for the Dolphins was $17 million the only guaranteed money he had was i believe $5 million of guaranteed money from his 2023 salary that was that was guaranteed he has restructured his salary and made some changes to his contract That gives him a $4.11 million salary cap hit for the 2023 season. The Dolphins are going to save nearly $13 million against the cap by restructuring Jalen Ramsey's contract. This was accomplished in large part because Jalen Ramsey moved $7 million of pay that he was owed this year. The $7 million of that $17 million in base salary went from 2023 to 2024. He's taking $7 million less this year. Now he's getting that money all the same, and it is fully guaranteed money. It's now just instead of getting it in March of 2023, it's going to be part of what we're assuming it will be a part of that roster bonus that he's been given. He's now been given an $11 million roster bonus for next year at the beginning of the league calendar year. So the Dolphins built a contingency in there. They can restructure that money as a a new signing bonus and kick that out across the remainder of the deal and save automatically save $5.5 million against the cap by just re-changing the kind of bonus that he has. Or, conversely, they could find themselves in a point where they could trade Jalen Ramsey at the beginning of the league calendar year next year, and because they have guaranteed salary and a guaranteed roster bonus, they could trade Jalen Ramsey next March and take on less than $6 million in dead cap. So three years, 55 million, totally overhauled $35 million in guaranteed money. And after it's all said and done, after 12 months, the dolphins could potentially get out of that contract with less than $6 million in dead cap. If things don't go well, it's a good contract. Jalen Ramsey takes a pay cut to help the team. The dolphins benefit. The dolphins saved $13 million in salary cap space. So Jalen Ramsey coming in, um, a middle-class salary cap hit for the Dolphins. And the way that they they took the signing bonus, because he did take the $7 million pay cut, it's effectively a $9 million signing bonus that's prorated across three years. So it's about $3 million per season. And then his base salary this year is the minimum at $1 million. So the Dolphins have done some pretty strong work, and, and that's the work of Chris Greer and Brandon Shore, uh, to, to rework their salary cap situation and that Jalen Ramsey contract in its entirety. And, and the magnitude of that, of what the Dolphins' salary cap situation is, is what we are going to talk about next on the show. But before we do, it's the midway point of the NBA season. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. In bonus bets, if your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line, just point spreads and everything in between. So FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for chances at bigger payouts with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. In bonus bets, when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, where do the Dolphins stand now? Here's what I can tell you. The Dolphins, according to my books, I have my own spreadsheet, I have every salary cap hit that the Dolphins are scheduled for across the next five seasons, and I'm updating it as we go. Here's what I can tell you. They can't touch the Byron Jones money until post-June 1. And there's going to be some important uses for that Byron Jones money as well. We don't have the terms, and this is as of 8 p.m. on Tuesday, March 14th. We do not have the official terms, language, and salary cap hits of the Raheem Mostert contract, the Jeff Wilson contract, and the David Long contract. Why do I specify that? Because without having the specific terms, we don't know. All we know is the annual average per. We know David Long was two years, $11 million. We know Raheem Mostert was two years, 5.6 million. We've heard up this 7.9 million. Jeff Wilson is two years up to 8.2 million. We don't know what the formal numbers are, but here's what I can tell you. If I use placeholders for annual per average salary per on those three contracts, and that's acknowledging that Jeff Wilson's contract has performance escalators, and in reality, the average per is probably $2, 2500000 million dollars per season as the base salary. The Dolphin salary cap situation is such. They currently, according to my books, have about $10 million in salary cap space at their disposal currently, $23.65 million post-June 1st, so an additional $13.65 million. million is going to come off the books on June 1st, and they will use that for a number of different reasons. They currently have 48 players under contract. You need 51 to hit that top 51 figure. So the next three players that the Dolphins add, regardless of their salaries, it is going to toll directly against the salary cap. After the next three players... The next player you sign, you will add them to the board, and what gets added and charged to the salary cap is that player's salary minus the 52nd-ranked player's salary because they only count against the cap for the top 51 in the offseason because all the rosters end up having 50 or, or 80 players when it's all said and done. As things currently stand, I would expect tier three and tier four free agent additions barring a significant salary cap maneuver. $10 million. When you consider you're at 48 players under contract, you are going to need to open up potentially a spot for Trent Sherfield, potentially a spot for River Craycraft, potentially a spot for an offensive tackle. Your three offensive tackles under contract right now, or Teron Armstead, Austin Jackson, and Keon Smith. And we've seen started to see a run on some of the offensive linemen. Mike McGlinchey's off the board. Caleb McGarry's off the board. Caleb McGarry actually went for a little less than I thought. Trey Pipkins is off the board. Trey Pipkins went off the board for seven and a quarter per season. I had him down on the Dolphins' blueprint at eight per. So that value was appropriate, but he went back to the Chargers. Now the Chargers cut Matt Filer as a salary cap measure. As an interior offensive lineman, are the Dolphins going to have interest there? They've at least got the bodies on the inside. They got three tackles as things currently stand. You could probably make a case for another safety, given the fact that Byron or that Brandon Jones is coming off an injury as well. Um, and then you have two tight ends under contract. Two total tight ends under contract. Durham Smythe and, and Tanner Connor. So as things currently stand, I would expect you're, you're probably going to have marginal ads barring a big move. What do those big moves look like? Well, that that's the next thing on our list. But before we get there, uh, we mentioned that Byron Jones money. It's about $13 million, $13.5 million in salary cap space to open up. It's important for a number of different reasons. You got to sign your draft class. It'll be a small one. Uh, you can have that money for post-June 1st free agent additions for another player, Uh, Think of like what the Philadelphia Eagles did uh, in trading for Chauncey Garner-Johnson at the start of the season last year. You can add a player like that with $13.5 million in your back pocket. You will have a number of players uh, that I think having the slush fund would probably be responsible for because we know there are a number of players that you have performance incentives and playing time incentives written into their contracts uh, as contracts that you have signed to this point. And then there's also the element of carryover cap because whatever you don't use, you can carry over to the following season. The Dolphins, as things currently stand, now they're in great shape for 2025. I've got them on the books for assuming the salary cap continues to grow at the current rate that it does. uh, I have the, the Dolphins with 15... 15 cornerstone players under contract in 2025. They'll have about $105 million in cap space as things currently stand. Now, you're going to have to add about 40 players to that. That'll go relatively quick, especially because you don't have a quarterback under contract that's not Skylar Thompson. You have one tackle under contract in Teron Armstead. You don't have a single other offensive lineman under contract in 2025. So, so yada, 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 yada. Well, let's not put the cart horse. 2024... Are currently projecting negative $17.5 million. I'm not concerned by that number one bit. I'm going to be completely honest. There's going to be some decisions made. There's going to be some cost-cutting measures. There'll be some restructures. They'll be, they'll, they will bring back whatever nucleus of team that they have this this season will be back next season. And I would expect very little turnover for the Dolphins from 2023 to 2024. And they'll rework the money. And they'll be totally fine. But having whatever you don't use of the Byron Jones money and knowing that that's kind of in a glass case right now off to the side, you have $10 million to spend on whatever you want right now. And then post you 1, you have another $13.5 to And So currently you have about twenty three point six is what you can bank on on June 1st if you didn't spend another cent. They will spend another cent. I promise you that. How can they get themselves into a position to open themselves if they wanted to sign a... Jordan Poyer or trade for a Austin Eckler uh, and they wanted to sign another offensive tackle or sign Matt Filer. What would that look like? That is what we are going to finish with on today's show. But before we do the built March madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite built bar or bill puff. If it's a puff, it's going to go to the top of the big board in my eyes. Now is your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorite uh, flavors. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners win a free box of Built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to their door. You have to try Built. Built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously, it's like a protein bar that tastes like a candy burger. High in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all their bars. It's like eating a Three Musketeers. I wish I was kidding. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. So here's what I have. The last question I wanted to answer was what remaining moves can the Dolphins make to open salary cap space if they are going to continue to push chips into the table for 2023. And it certainly seems like that's the vibe. Here's what I have for you. Six potential outcomes. I do not advocate for all of these. I might not advocate for more than two of them. When it's all said and done, I'll let you be the judge. We'll read through all of them, and then we'll talk about which ones we like. You can restructure or trade defensive lineman Emmanuel Agbo. You restructure him, you can save nine point two million against the cap. If you trade him, you would save eleven point two against the cap. You can trade wide receiver Cedric Wilson and save six million dollars against the cap. You can extend Christian Wilkins on a contract extension and save between somewhere between four and a half to five million dollars is probably a reasonable dollar amount that you could expect to save against the salary cap from his current ten point seven million dollar hit. You could extend center Connor Williams. The, if you listen to the, the Dolphins' offseason blueprint last week, none of these are a surprise. And you could probably save 3 to $4 million against his $8.5 million salary cap hit for this upcoming season. You could cut or trade tight end Durham Smythe and save about $3.5 million. You would take on about $750,000 in dead cap, and that would be it and then you could cut or trade linebacker Jerome Baker and incur an $8.7 million dead cap hit to save $4 million. These are about the big ones you have left. This is about all the fun money that you could create. So if you did the best case scenario of all of them, you trade Agba, you trade Cedric Wilson, you extend Christian Wilkins, you extend Connor Williams, you cut Durham Smythe, and you move on from Jerome Baker, God bless it, I'm not a math guy, but we're going to do the math here. 11.2 plus 6 is 17.2, plus 5 is 22.2, plus 4 is 26.2, plus 3.5 is, let's call it 30, 35. Probably feels a little excessive when it's all said and done. If I had to rate these in order of most likely to least likely to happen. I would say trading, mm, no. I would say extending Christian Wilkins is the most likely outcome out of these six possibilities. And then I would say trading Cedric Wilson is the next most likely. I heard, or I saw, read, somebody on Twitter who's on the Cowboys beat see The Cowboys want Cedric Wilson back. We'll send him. You tell us what draft pick you're sending our way and we'll, we'll go ahead and move on because obviously you can create $6 million in savings and you can bring back both River Craycraft and Trent Shurfield and both of those guys I think would have better contributions to the offense than Cedric Wilson would. And you'd still have a couple million dollars left over. That's not a good thing, but it is what it is. And you're, you're talking $10 million in space right there between those two maneuvers. I think those two, I would dare to say those two are, are highly likely to happen. I would say extending Connor Williams is probably the next most likely to happen. Third behind extending Wilkins and trading Cedric Wilson. I would say, um, restructuring or trading Emmanuel Agbo is probably fourth. I do not think that is super likely to happen at this point. Just looking at the Dolphins defensive line, looking at the rotation, looking at the draft picks that they have, looking at the, uh, the rest of the free agent class. Now, if they go out and they sign a Malik Reed or something like that, uh, then, then maybe that puts that back on the table. Is Andrew Van Ginkle plus Malik Reed, a one, two punch of hybrid edge outside types that, that, you feel comfortable with moving on from Agba? I don't know. But I would say as things currently stand, it's probably unlikely to happen. I would say cutting or trading Durham Smythe is the fifth least likely thing to happen out of this group, and that's just a numbers game thing. They don't have tight ends at all. They've got him and Tanner Connor, and that's it. So for $3.5 million in savings with the way the rest of the tight end room is shaken out, Anytime I've advocated for moving on from Durham Smythe, it was the assumption that Hunter Long was going to be here as a guy on a rookie contract. He gone, and then I think for the for the the linebacker position, what the Dolphins have, what the salary cap savings would be, what the salary cap penalty would be, I think Jerome Baker moving on from Jerome Baker is the least sensible and least likely of those six things to happen. I'd give you a pretty good chance for the first three to happen: Wilkins, Williams, and and Cedric Wilson. And if that happens, that opens up about another $13 to $15 million in cap space at your disposal to be able to spend uh, on probably players on two-year deals, two years with a third-year club option. It certainly seems like the magic number for the Dolphins based on the contracts that they're giving out is a two-year strike zone and a two-year window that's very defined that they want the nucleus of the team to be intact. Uh, coinciding with Tua Tagovailoa's final two years of his rookie contract. And then have the flexibility to change direction if they need to. My guess, uh, I would not dismiss another safety. Uh, they certainly need to to sign somebody to play tight end for this team, and it needs to be better than the options that they have right now. Uh, they, they definitely need to address that hole. Uh, they need an offensive tackle. They need to continue to bring back a couple of guys from last year's team, uh, so if I had to pick, just handpick a handful of things right now, you need a starting caliber tight end. You need at minimum somebody to compete to start for one of your two offensive line spots. You probably need a safety. You need to bring back Thomas Morstead. Point blank period, no questions asked. And if I had to pick a fifth, uh, I I might go with an edge guy. But it's not super necessary. I think you've got four things you've really got to get accomplished here. And adding the numbers up, I don't think $10 is going to get it done. So one or two of those big dominoes that we just outlined as our six possible avenues to creating more space probably needs to happen. We'll see what that timeline looks like, and we'll see how they uh, formally announce these signings here uh, on Wednesday. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Your team every day. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. We're going to have a busy week this week. We're going to have a lot of great content coming, so keep it locked in. Cockrabs, thanks for checking out the show. Fins up.